Welcome back to the Free by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evan Williams, and this is episode 14. As we just started a new year and a new decade, I noticed that there were a lot of social media posts about the past and even some about the future. The posts about the past were mostly highlights from the year. Some were even highlights from the decade. The future-looking posts were more about what people hope to do in the new year. Everyone seemed so focused on both the past and the future, but no one posted anything about being present in the moment. To me, being overly focused on the past or the future is not very productive. In my opinion, it could even become dangerous if it turns obsessive. For me, I am most happy when I'm focused on the current moment. And now I know a lot of people would argue that there's a lot to learn from the past and you need to have future goals. But in my opinion, learning from the past is important but the learnings are typically used to inform future decisions. As a result, all of this becomes about the future, specifically trying to control the future. We can't predict what's gonna happen in the future. And that can be a scary thought, but I like to think that the feeling is actually excitement. And maybe we're just confusing it with the feeling of fear. And I do feel that A lot of personal growth does come from learning from our past experiences. But for me, instead of then focusing on the future what-if questions that may never happen, I'll try to focus on making present-day changes that can be applied. Changes in the moment that I feel may make bad outcomes that happened in the past less likely, and good outcomes more likely were they to happen right now. The, the effort here is to focus on change today and less on the future what-ifs because we can't control the future and we can't change the past. All we have is the present. There are so many distractions that can get in the way of us being present in the moment. These distractions do this to us by sending our attention to the past or to the future. An example of something that does this is a goal. I want to share some typical quotes about goals just to demonstrate a point. This one is by Roy Bennett. Focus on your goals, not your fear. Focus like a laser beam on your goals. This one's by Bo Jackson. Set your goals high and don't stop until you get there. And this one is by Ted Turner. You should set your goals beyond your reach so you always have something to live for. Don't these all sound so exhausting? I mean, laser beam focus, don't stop until you get there, and things beyond your reach? I understand the sentiment, but I personally don't want to get so caught up in this future-driven pursuit that I sacrifice, or worse, overlook the beauty of the present moment. Goals can be way too structured, and because of that, they don't really match up with how dynamic life is. 
It feels like there's an assumption that nothing unplanned will happen between points A and B. And what I mean by this is, if you keep a long-term goal with a strict end result, then there's little room to accommodate for variables that may come up along the way that could potentially change your desired end result. These types of goals end up putting blinders on you. And there's a risk of not seeing perfect opportunities to pivot or adapt your desired end result. And life, to me, is just way too dynamic for such inflexible structure. Now, I certainly don't suggest ignoring all future self-development. I just feel like there's surely a better way. A different approach that allows you to be present in the moment still work on self-development, and be able to pivot and adapt fluidly with unforeseen changes. Getting away from having strict and detailed end results is one way of achieving this. Keeping the desired outcome more open-ended, and then guiding yourself through any unplanned changes along the way by being present. Or if you need to keep the end result specific, then keep it short-term. I've used this approach before to make positive changes in my life. I've had some successes with it in the past, and I've also had some failures with it, so I want to dive deeper into the topic to explain it a bit better. I think it would be best explained in a detailed example, and there's a specific topic that I've had on my mind for a while, and it would be perfect. And it's been something that I've wanted to work on and become better at for some time now. But it's definitely easier said than done. What I'm looking to improve on is my personal spending. In a prior episode, I spoke about personal spending. For me, it's basically things like coffee, restaurants, groceries, and travel expenses. Personal spending is something that I need to work on to get to a more extreme management of my finances. So I've decided to do a bit of an experiment. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to work on reeling my spending in quite a bit. To achieve this in an unstructured way, I'm going to use both a short term and a desired end result that is loose and broad. I'll explain all of this in more detail. My approach is going to start with a review of my past 12 months of spending. Then I'm going to set my intentions, which will guide my desired outcomes. And finally, I'll identify and make changes today to decrease my personal spending. To do this, let's first break my spending down into three categories. Travel, everyday spending, and entertainment. Everyday spending will consist of things like groceries and work-related spending, like co-working spaces. Entertainment is anything along the lines of restaurants, cafes, or events like concerts. And travel? Well, travel self-explanatory. <laughs> My average spending uh, came out to be $950 on average per month which is pretty low. In regards to the categories, travel makes up 31%, everyday spending is 32%, and entertainment is 37%. So I'm clearly going to restaurants and cafes 
way too much. And this breakdown was quite shocking for me. I still can't believe that my biggest category is entertainment. Doing this type of review of spending is great for motivating you to cut back and see percentages improve. It's so hard to tell from day to day, but when you add up all the numbers for the year, it makes it so much easier to see where you may be able to make improvements. Figuring this out was relatively easy as well. I don't use a bunch of different payment methods, so I was able to easily do a prior 12-month analysis of my spending. These numbers aren't exact to the penny, but after spot checking a few months, the percentages do check out. And so it's confirmed. I'm legitimately spending way too much at restaurants and cafes and not enough at markets and grocery stores. There were also a few miscategorizations that I want to mention. When I was doing this research, some spending showed up under the merchandise category. I was baffled. There's no way I bought merchandise. I'm a minimalist. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I thought maybe it was a gift that I bought for someone. I, just, I couldn't remember. So I looked at the transactions, and they were recent. I became even more confused at that point. I should remember. But I recognized the name of the store. It's the place where I've been buying cashews from. So other than cashews and other nuts, this store sells mainly random stuff for parties. It's definitely just as weird as it sounds, but they have good cashews. <laughs> so the cashews that I have been buying have been showing up as merchandise for some reason. When I got to the bottom of this one, I assure you, I let out a bit of a minimalist sigh of relief. So now that we have a baseline of how much is being spent and on what, what comes next? Well, it's time to set some intentions. An obvious one for me is to flip the percentages between the everyday spending category and the entertainment category. I'd like everyday spending to be closer to 40% and entertainment to be closer to 30%. I'm also honestly surprised that travel is so low. I was a bit nervous that it would be a much larger number. I don't tend to move around too quickly. We're across extremely long distances, so that's really helped to keep my spending in the travel category lower. I want this to stay the same, or even decrease. So for the sake of this experiment, let's keep it right at 30%. And that's it. Those are my basic intentions. It's pretty simple. And let's keep it short term for now as well. I'll reassess the spending after one month. So before starting, I'll have another close look at specific transactions from last month. I'll take note of which restaurants and cafes I'm spending the most in. And, uh, well, I gotta be honest, I'm completely playing dumb right now because I know exactly where I'm spending too much money. I know the exact places. <laughs> so it'll be a simple course of action. I'll replace these restaurants and cafes with groceries and homemade coffee. Easy peasy. I'll get these percentages turned around in no time, and hopefully after a month, I'll have some really good new habits. If you want to do something similar, then the one thing that always works best for me is keeping things simple and achievable. In the past, when I've made changes like this, 
The ones that failed were the ones that were too complicated or just too big. They ended up being overwhelming from the start, and as a result, I would get discouraged and come up short on the desired outcomes. Now, when I have a larger or more complex change that I'm trying to make, I'll do it in smaller increments to control the size and the level of complexity. It takes practice, but it works really well for me. Also, it's important to have well-thought-out intentions when making changes. It's like your internal compass moving you towards positive change. So, I'd like to explain a bit more about what my intentions are for this change. I'm already spending a relatively small amount of money each month, so why push myself even more? Well, I want to pare back even more so that I become more comfortable with a stricter monthly budget. I also really admire resiliency. For me, that is making do with less. In this case, less monthly spending. I also value time over money, so I want to get to a point where I need less income so that I can earn more of what truly matters to me, my free time. I'd much rather spend more of my time on passion projects and creating as opposed to working and spending. So if you're planning on paring back your budget as well, I'll be right there with you. And as always, keep cutting the noise and make room for what's essential. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss any future episodes, please subscribe to my podcast.